Today our scripture lesson is taken from out of the book of Nehemiah as we continue our series, Building for the Future. Today we're looking at a passage from out of Jeremiah chapter 3, rather, verses 1 through 5. I invite you now to listen and hear the word of the Lord. Then the high priest, Elishab, set out to work with his fellow priests and rebuilt the sheep gate. They consecrated and set it on its doors. They consecrated as far as the Tower of a Hundred and as far as the Tower of Hananel. The men of Jericho built next to him. Then next to them, Zachar, the son of Emery, built. The sons of Hassaniah built the fish gate. They laid its beams and set its doors, its bolts, and its bars. Next to them, Merimoth, son of Uriah, the son of Hakkaz, made repairs. Next to them, Meshalem, son of Berechiah, son of Meshalazabel. Wouldn't you like to be reading this this morning, by the way? <laughs> this is really fun stuff. <laughs> Let me just pause a minute. Amanda gave me some advice about reading these names. She said, just say them with authority. <laughs> no one will know the difference. Next to them, Zadok, the son of Baana, made repairs. And next to them, the Tekoites made repairs. But their nobles would not put their shoulder to the work of the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Father, today we thank you that we can enjoy your word. And Lord, yes, yeah, sometimes it's tough to read it. But Lord, even in those tough parts of reading, you're present and you speak. And Lord, now we pray that you would speak to us loudly today. For we make our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. About a month ago, an amazing miracle took place on the south parking lot of our campus. Around 50 people gathered for a bed build with the organization Sleep in Heavenly Peace. Now, most who gathered on that day were novices at woodworking and furniture building. We had one child who was eight years old, and we had at least one man who was over 80 years old. And we had people all in between. There were men, there were women, there were boys, there were girls who gathered for this bed build. Several folks from our church were present. Folks who were a part of the Sleep in Heavenly Peace organization were there. And then some people, I'm not quite sure how they heard, but heard that we were doing a bed build and they arrived from the community to participate in this particular event. Now, you would imagine that with such a hodgepodge of individuals that not a whole lot would really be done. But, to the contrary, it was amazing what took place. This diverse group sanded every piece of wood, drilled every needed hole, screwed everything together, dipped it in a sealer, placed on the headboard a seal brand, and then stacked all that was made for storage and distribution. Some 50 beds were built on that day. 50 beds were built. That means that 50 children and youth in our area 
will not have to sleep on the floor or sleep on a couch or sleep in somebody else's bed, but they will have their own bed in which to sleep in. Now, I want you to know that was a miracle. It was a miracle. That miracle was made possible by two key factors. One is the process was well organized, and secondly, everyone who was present contributed to the work. Nehemiah chapter 3 tells us of an organization that yielded an extremely huge miracle. The rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem that had been destroyed nearly a century and a half before told that miracle of how that took place. And that miracle took place just much like the building of these beds took place. It was because the work was organized, and people contributed to the process. You know, in our rebuilding our church from COVID-19, of all the the things that COVID-19 has done to us, and as we build for the future that God has ahead for us, it's going to require a significant amount of organization, and it's going to require that we put our shoulders together to do the work that is before us. And I think from the story of Nehemiah, we can learn much about what that needs. It can give us encouragement and give us direction as we move forward. You see, the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem was a mammoth adventure. The city of Jerusalem at that time, what was inside the walls, consisted of about 135 acres. That would be if you multiplied our 17-acre campus here, by five, you would have about what the size of the inside of Jerusalem was like. The walls covered approximately 2.5 miles. They were 40 feet tall and 8 feet wide. And in many places, the walls were even wider because there were rooms inside of those walls. There were some 34 watchtowers and 9 gates. Now, uh, in that wall, some of that wall had been totally obliterated. It didn't exist anymore. In some places, the wall had been partially damaged and had to be repaired. In other words, there was a lot to be done. And the two main building products for that construction were rocks. By the way, there are a lot of rocks in and around Jerusalem. Tons and tons of rocks and lots of board feet of lumber. Now, you know, in our modern era of construction, we depend largely upon heavy equipment and all kinds of tools to do what we need to do, right? Uh, By the way, I'm a tool man. I love tools. If you were in my wood shop, you would see that I really love tools. But in that day and time... There were no caterpillars, there were no bulldozers, there were none of those devices to move all the material that needed to be moved. There were a few tools, and so the work had to be done by the people. Lots of people had to assist in making this project happen. Lots of people. Bottom line, people, 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 doing the work that needed to be done. Nehemiah gives us a look at who those people were that were doing this massive project. 
The details revealed to us, if you read all of chapter 3, I only read five verses, and the names even get better as you go along, by the way. So I encourage you, go home and read it. And I just challenge you to try to pronounce all of those names aloud. And if you're successful, Brett will sign you up to be one of our scripture readings beginning next Sunday. Right, Brett? All right, we got it. We're on. So he gives us a description. Nehemiah gives us this description of who the people were. There were some 38 different individual names listed in chapter 3 of Nehemiah, and there were some 42 different groups that are given. Now, it's obvious when you read that, that many of these groups were quite large, some were smaller, and it gives us the idea that there were a lot of people involved. This list reveals that, this pros- that these people who were assembled were a hodgepodge of people. There were men and women, There were younger and older. People who lived within the walls of Jerusalem were a part of the rebuilding process, and people from outside the community who were as far as 25 miles away came to build this wall and to rebuild what had been broken down. There were folks who participated in the build who were natives of Jerusalem and the Judean area who had never left that area and had lived through some really tough times since the time that Babylon had conquered Judah. And there were people who had returned after they had been exiled, at least their families had returned, their descendants had returned, who had been exiled in Babylon and they had returned to come home. There were people here who were skilled laborers who knew how to lay rock and such and to build things. And then there were folks who really didn't know how. There were a lot of priests, and you could call priests maybe preachers, and you all know that most preachers don't know which end of a hammer to use. It's just rare that you'll find one of us who do. Randy? Amanda does. Amanda's good, yeah. So, 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 and then there were goldsmiths and perfume makers working on this wall. You know, they didn't know how to do the work, but they sure did smell sweet doing it, okay? (laughs) From what we read here, we learn some critical things and critical practices. We learn that everyone was needed to do the work, all did some work, and no one did everything. If we're to be successful in the rebuilding what has been damaged by COVID-19 and build for the future, these three practices must guide us. Every one of you, every one of us, we are all needed. All did some work. There is something in ministry that God needs you to do for your church so that the church can be who God intends in this day and into the future. And no one has to do everything. No one has to do everything. Paul, in writing to uh, the church in Ephesus, talked about how the church was organized and the importance of people being engaged. And, and, and he, he tells in, the, in chapter 4 of various roles that are to be played within the church And then he makes this statement of what's essential for the church to be strengthened and to grow. The whole body, he writes, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Each part does its work. 
I want to be as clear as I can be with you this morning. For what lies ahead in our rebuilding and building for our future, you are needed to take part and you play a vital role. You can do something, something that's important, something that's critical to the process of what needs to be done, and you don't have to do it all. One of the features uh, of the people working on the walls uh, that's uncovered is that the folks who participated in doing this work did so in pods, groups, in community. You find that uh, there were guilds that worked together. I already mentioned the perfumers and the goldsmiths, the, the jewelry makers and such. But you also had families who participated, and you had communities, uh, neighborhoods that worked together. In other words, they did this project in groups. It wasn't that just a, a, a random group of individuals came together at Jerusalem and they drew straws or, or cast lots for who was going to be doing what part of the work. They came together as groups of people already in relationship and did the work. I said this often, but we are as a people created for community. We are created for community. And life works better we live healthier, more productive lives when we do so in relationship with and to other people. Here as we move forward into our future, being together in community and working together with one another is such a critical aspect of being successful, doing so effectively, and doing so in healthy ways. One of the strongest groups that we have here at OUMC is the Alpha Circle of the UMW. Uh, Y'all who are part of the Alpha Circle, just wave your hand just a little bit, okay? Wave your hand, all right? I, I want you to know that these are a group of people who live in community with each other, and they do tremendous work. They've got various things. I'm going to mention just a few of the things that the Alpha Circle does. But one of the things that they started doing a few years back was that they adopted our homebound folks. And so someone from the Alpha Circle basically stays in contact and connection with folks who can't come to church. They've also been very engaged over the past few years with the Bethlehem Center downtown, which is an inner-city ministry that's designed to help children, youth, and their families in living life fully in relationship with Jesus Christ. It does a great and excellent work. And one of the projects that they've done with the Beth Center is, is to help provide for and man the, the Bethlehem store, which works with kids in a very special way. Recently, this group took on themselves to help out with the Appison Food Bank. And this, this season of COVID where things have been so tough and so tough on families and so many more families needing food and, and assistance at this time, so many of these women have pitched in and they've taken carload after carload of food that many of you all have contributed to the food bank and helped to run that food bank. They do ministry in community. Some of our ministries here, such as our greeters and ushers, do have a strong community element to them. 
Uh, prior to COVID, our greeters and ushers would typically on Sunday morning gather together prior to services, both at this service and at the contemporary service. They would gather together to have prayer and talk with one another. And you could kind of see how they work together and how there's this uh, banter and, and, and interaction and laughter and, and sharing of real concerns with that group because they live in community together. God designed us to live and to serve in community. Nehemiah 3 shares with us a description, too, of the work that the people had to do. There are two different Hebrew words that are used. One word is the word hatzak, which is really translated as to repair, and it's used some 38 times. And then the word bakna is translated as build and is used some eight times. Now, that may seem very insignificant because those words seem to be so close together, but these two words indicate that there were two different kinds of work taking place. There was work that was repair. There were portions of the wall and there were parts of the gates that just needed some repair to them. You know, there were a few more rocks needed to be stacked on top of each other to make the wall the proper height. There was, uh, you know, a few boards missing from the gate that they had to be repaired. But there were some places that had to be built from scratch. The gates were gone. There were no, there was areas where there was no wall. There were towers that had been demolished that had to be rebuilt, built from scratch. Here at Udawa United Methodist Church, these two concepts must guide us in moving forward. There's hardly a ministry in this church that has not been impacted adversely by COVID-19. To my left is a beautiful, wonderful, talented group of people, our choir. They have done a great job during COVID. But it used to be before COVID, and you know this to be so, that choir loft was filled with people. They oftentimes had to bring in additional chairs because it was full. Our handbells, who have done a great job, don't have as many ringers. Dinglings, I think that's the word, right? No, no, the ringers. <laughs> Our greeters and ushers are down to a fraction of what they were. And few, Amanda preached a wonderful sermon about a month ago, and in that she talked about the children's and student ministries and the needs that are there for people to help out with those ministries and that campaign of, uh, of just say yes. And I could walk through all the ministries, and, and, and you can figure out that this is true and see it. And we need rebuilding of our ministries. You are needed to participate in these ministries so that we can continue to be the church that God has created us to be. But on top of that, God is calling us into some new spheres. Today, you saw coming before you with the pickleball group that Jack is going to be leading, it's going to be founded, and then the home group that's meeting at Larry and Ginger's house. These groups have their goal that half the people who participate will be a part of this church and half who, who participate will be beyond the walls of this church, a way of reaching out to others. And we hope to see many, many Acts groups form. But guess what? It takes 
someone leading the groups and someone hosting those groups and being a part of those groups to make it happen. We also have talked about our online ministry and how important it is in our moving forward because we're living in this digital, online, social media age. And that doesn't just happen. It takes people hosting and volunteering and participating in these ministries. You see, God knows for us to be the church that we are and should be and can be into the future. It requires that we minister together. Some of you may be ministries that are exist. Some of you may launch into ministries of our future. But your work is absolutely critical. And I encourage you to pray that God would reveal to you what He wants you to do. Maybe you know. Maybe you have a complete confidence and understanding of what that is and then do it with all your mind. Maybe you don't know what it is, and I pray that you be open to God and allow God to speak to and through you. This morning as you came in, our greeters and ushers, you were handed a, a serve card that Pastor Amanda prepared for us. And I'm just going to ask you to, to fill this out. And as you're leaving, you can drop it in the offering boxes just to either side of the, the doors as you, as you exit and maybe it has on here an area where you're interested in serving. Maybe not. And maybe you just want to ride in. Maybe you don't even know. Maybe you know the ministry you want to serve in, what you want to do, but you don't know where it's located. Just write down on the page what you'd like to do. And maybe you're not quite sure and you'd like to talk with one of the pastors, one of the staff about how to get involved and how to be engaged. Together, we can and we will rebuild what COVID has torn down and we will build for a bright future better than ever before. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today that you are a God who has called us to serve you. And Lord, you have gifted us, you have given us skills, you've given us passions, you've given us the things that we need to do what you called us to do. And Lord, I'm confident that you have given to Udawai United Methodist Church everything that is needed for us to rebuild and to build for the future. And I pray, Lord, now that you would help us have a clear understanding of what part we play. And, Lord, that we would join together in community with each other, with our friends and with our relatives, with our neighbors. And, Lord, that we would rebuild and build for the future. We make our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.